Welcome to 2024, and the stupidity continues. Yes, it's the first weekend of the year. It's the first weekend episode. And hey, guess what? We're still stupid, and we can't wait to let you hear how stupid this podcast episode is. So uh, all I can say is fasten your seatbelt. given a piece of his mind to so many people he barely has a mind left it's insane eric lane's stupid world bringing a voice of sanity in our insane world or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world or both here's the host of this stupid world eric lane it's okay. It's safe to come in. Just uh, be very quiet. Yes. Welcome to my stupid world. The first new episode for the new year, 2024. And yes, I am insane, Eric Lane. And I have survived an insane holiday weekend. Hopefully you have too. And hopefully you've gotten caught up on all the stupidity from 2023. If um, you haven't, well, Please, there's plenty of previous episodes to go back and dig through because you do, you're going to find out that there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to stupidity. And I'm sure there's folks out there that would love to, you know, know about some of that stupidity as well because they're probably feeling pretty stupid. And so listening to this podcast, you see, is therapeutic because it makes you think nobody can be that stupid until you listen to what we have to offer and you come out seeing, feeling but, you know, I'm not as stupid as I thought I was. So I'm sure there's other folks who feel the same way. So share this podcast with folks that might be feeling a little stupid. Okay. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe because you don't want to miss all the stupidity that's headed your way. And well, if this stupidity has helped you in any way, please rate and review the podcast because this is five-star stupidity. So give it a five-star rating. All right. And by the way, if you are also streaming this uh, podcast over your podcast player and you're hitting those uh, dead spots in cell coverage or Wi-Fi, bad Wi-Fi, just download the podcast. That way you'll have it right there on your podcast player and you can listen to the stupidity uninterrupted because you don't want to be interrupted when you're trying to, you know, be stupid. Okay. I recommend Podcast Addict. It's free with two types of paid versions and I use it and I actually have gotten one of those paid versions. Uh, it's worth the worth the, uh, the the money. It really is. There's a lot of podcast players out there that I really like. Podcast Attic, all kinds of cool things you can do to customize what you listen to. And by the way, you know this is um, just one of two of the feeds that I bring to you every week. Of course, the first week of the year. This is the first weekend episode. As we are now beginning to collect stupidity, we'll probably have a bonus episode coming up next week. Either way, you'll have it all right here. So make sure you subscribe to get both episodes when we have them, because there's so much stupidity out here. You just don't want to miss any of it. Okay. And uh, nothing can be any more stupid than a somebody in a hurry making stupid decisions. And well, maybe you were flying to go somewhere over the holiday and you had to get to the airport on time. Maybe you just didn't because you didn't give yourself plenty of time. Well, there's a 27-year-old woman 
who got picked up by an Uber at a hotel in Austin, Texas, and, well, she just probably did not plan well. My wife likes to say, you know, poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. This woman was headed to the airport, and she was late. Her name was Nyushu Ufkami. Yes, Nyushu Ufkami uh, was a little upset, you see, because, well, she saw how long it would take for the Uber driver to get her to the airport on time, and she thought he could get there a little faster, but he wouldn't. So, out of nowhere, yes, Nyushu decided to grab the driver's phone and chuck it out the window, which you would think would just delay her even more, but see, she had a plan. When the driver pulled over to grab the phone, she hops in the driver's seat and stole the car. Well, the driver got his phone and used it to call the cops, and airport security was waiting for her when she got to the airport as, well, before she even got the border flight. They found the car abandoned in front of the Southwest Terminal, and Yeshua couldn't have been running that late because, well, she still managed to stop at a store inside the airport and bought more than $120 worth of stuff with the driver's credit card. Well, guess what? She's coming into the new year facing charges for unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. Happy New Year there, Nishua. <laughs> a lot of things happened in 2023, and um, <clears throat> there's been a lot of people that have been releasing their year in review, but um, an even kinkier site than Pornhub has beat them to this. There's a website out there called Clips for Sale, and this website specializes not in porn, but in fetish content. So some of this is <clears throat> pretty kinky stuff. Yeah, and um, Clips for Sale posted their top searches for 2023. Guess what the number one thing was? Something you probably didn't even know existed. It was very large women who had a very big year. The top kink of 2023, according to Clips for Sale, giantess porn. I didn't even know that even was out there. <laughs> Now, that doesn't just mean tall. It's really more about using little camera tricks and other effects to create the illusion that someone's a giant. Kind of like a grown-up version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now, Eclipse for Sale says giantess porn was their top search in the U.S., Japan, Mexico, and Australia. And they expect it to be pretty big this year, too. <laughs> no pun intended. They actually posted a map of the top searches of each state. Giantess was number one in 19 of them. Now, there's a few other kinks that America was searching for in 2023. A few are kind of tame, like in Tennessee. The top search there for clips for sale was tickling. Then there was yoga pants in South Dakota. In Missouri, it was pantyhose, socks in Louisiana and Wisconsin. I guess Louisiana is kind of shaped like a foot, so maybe that makes sense. Latex was also the top search in New Mexico. That's still a classic. And then wrestling porn was number one in North Carolina, Oklahoma, and both of the Carolinas. Kind of makes me wonder about that friend who's really into WWE. You know what I'm saying? And then there's smoking porn. That was the top search in Connecticut, which really has one of the lowest smoking rates in the nation. Connecticut just, I guess, likes to watch. Huh? And this one's weird. Um, 
The top fetish in Vermont, Michigan, Iowa, and Hawaii was vor, V-O-R-E. It's a desire to eat or be eaten by another person. <laughs> Wyoming might take the cake for the weirdest fetish, CPR porn. That's right. Chest compressions, mouth to mouth, all while naked. I, you know, when I think the when the the EMTs come to perform CPR, I'm pretty sure they don't strip you naked to do that. But anyway, Indiana gets the nod for the funniest fetish of the year. Uh, they're really into fart porn. Porn. Fart porn. What? I, well, okay. Well. Now, Pornhub did release their year in review on who and what Americans were pleasuring themselves to. Also, how long they took to do it. Now, don't worry. I'll try to keep this as PG-13 as possible. But the average self-love session, in case you were wondering, 9 minutes and 51 seconds. But some states didn't take that long. Louisiana was in and out <clears throat> within 8 minutes and 21 seconds. Maryland, uh really savored the experience, averaging 11 minutes, 31 seconds. A few more stats from the report. Uh, 91% of all porn was watched on phones this year, including 93% in the U.S., and 36% of viewers were women. That's actually up 12 percentage points from 2015. Now, the most searched items in the U.S. were lesbian and M-I-L-F. In other words, men I love to... <clears throat> uh, older porn had a big year in general. Searches for the word mature were up 77%. Granny, 132%. Hmm. And G-I-L-F, 168%. Then there were also 71% more searches for D-I-L-F. That's uh, dad I'd like to... <clears throat> wow. <laughs> and America wanted everything bigger in 2023. Searches included the words big, bigger, biggest. They were up 177%. That's a pretty big percentage. AI boom obviously had an effect also. Searches for robot porn were up 304%. And searches for Android porn were up a whopping 1,689%. Wow. And our favorite term to watch was uh, 11 p.m., or the favorite time to watch was 11 p.m. on Monday. 11 o'clock on Monday must be the magic night. Saturdays were the least popular day overall, and the top-searched porn star this year was Abella Danger, followed by Angela White and Eva F. Elfie. Never heard of any of them, I swear, I promise. Although they might show up in a porn star or weatherman insane game sometime soon. And uh, by the way, Pornhub, Pornhub posted a map with the top term that each state searched for more than other states, and most are too dirty, but I can name a few. Um, Oregon is into nudists. Wyoming likes goth. Utah, obviously into Mormons. Hawaii wants Hawaiian porn. Kansas is really um, is, is really into the, the close-up, I guess. Minnesota likes tickling. There that is again. Wyoming, or I'm sorry, Wisconsin wants to swing. Florida likes fantasy and Pennsylvania is into big boobies. <laughs> Indiana wants chubby porn and Mississippi is into furries. Tennessee, they were the top state for giantess porn as we mentioned earlier. 
And South Carolina likes high heels, while West Virginia wants more nip slips. Well, I'm sure they got that if they were watching ESPN on New Year's Eve. <clears throat> and Iowa is obsessed with cartoon porn. Then there's Ohio. They want to see men with small packages. Okay. Well, that's Ohio. What can you expect, right? Okay. Now, also in 2023, in less stupid terms, this is kind of stupid in its own category. The majority of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, according to a recent Lending Club study. Now, listen to this. 62% of adults in December said they lived paycheck to paycheck. That's up from 58% in March. 40% of the consumers living paycheck to paycheck have super prime credit scores. 57% of consumers who own credit cards are living paycheck to paycheck. Meanwhile, in what's being called an absolute collapse in border security, all Border Patrol agents in the Eagle Pass, Texas area were taken off their regular duties to keep drugs and illegal immigrants out and brought in to deal with the unprecedented surge in migrants. For over 48 hours, more than 14,000 migrants rushed the popular migrant crossing spot each day. Agents were still processing and transporting more than 4,500 migrants at that busy crossing point, with more than 5,300 already in custody, and facilities were at 260% over capacity. Now, this comes after the news that South Carolina and Florida were the two fastest-growing states in the country. Did I also happen to mention most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck? Oh, in the South, a region the Census Bureau defines as stretching from Texas to Maryland and Delaware dominated population gains while the U.S. growth rate ticked upward slightly, according to estimates. The U.S. added 1.6 million people, of which more than two-thirds came from international migration. However, it was the 1.1 million immigrants that drove the population gains in the U.S. this past year. The Census Bureau noted that fewer deaths paired with rebounding immigration resulted in the nation's experiencing its largest population gain in five years. Did I also mention most Americans were living paycheck to paycheck? Okay. Well, to add insult to injury, nearly 60% of households headed by illegal aliens use at least one major form of government welfare. Meanwhile, most of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, there was an analysis conducted by the Center for Immigration Studies that revealed illegal aliens and legal immigrants in general use significantly more welfare than native-born American citizens. Are you doing the math? Here's an example. 59% of the households headed by illegal aliens use welfare, and about 52% of households headed by legal immigrants use at least one form of welfare. At the same time, Fewer than four in 10 households headed by native-born Americans use welfare. Hmm. The study also noted this is primarily because the American welfare system is designed in large part to help low-income families with children, which describes a large share of immigrants. In particular, the study found that immigrant-headed households use far more food stamps, Medicaid benefits, and earned income tax credit than native-born American households who are, by the way, living paycheck to paycheck. 
The use of taxpayer-funded welfare among illegal aliens as well as illegal immigrants is significant as the nation's foreign-born population hit that new record high under President Joe Biden. CIS researchers unveiled 49.5 million foreign-born residents now live across the U.S. of A., the largest ever in American history, and the overwhelming majority of which is driven by illegal or by legal immigration levels. For comparison, the foreign-born population in 1960 was just 9.7 million. Compare that again to 49.5 million. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll let you ponder that. You might want to get a scratch pad out and do a little math. Go back and listen to the story again and see if you can't crunch the numbers and come up with the same conclusion I did. Well, I guess with Americans living paycheck to paycheck, it also kind of trickles down into what we got for Christmas bonuses too, right? And if you think your boss didn't appreciate you, maybe you fared better than getting a potato for your Christmas bonus. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to an ex-user, Amanda B. She tells her followers on X and subsequently the entire world, her work would be doing a potato bar for their Christmas bonus. She says, my work is doing a potato bar as a Christmas bonus. She says, I'm literally getting a hospital potato as a bonus. They also said that it has a $15 value so it will be taxed on our next check. Does anyone need an assistant so I can just quit right now? Amanda's original tweet received over 2.7 million views since she first posted it as many began following her story to see how the situation would end up. And um, it's worth reading, I'll say that. She explained that she works at a hospital as a hospital nurse before laying out what exactly a potato bar even is. If you don't know what they what a potato bar is, she says a potato bar is baked potatoes with toppings. There's butter, sour cream, shredded cheese, salt and pepper. She said then later added, there was also turkey chili as well. Jeez. Talk about mixed or uh, I mean mashed feelings. Okay, maybe that box of chocolate didn't seem so bad after all. <clears throat> well, this definitely is worth listening to. When you think about just life in general in this country, there's a 44-year-old former Wayne State University student who is tipping the scales at about, well, over 400 pounds while he's suing the school for discrimination, saying it blocked him from getting certified to become a gym teacher. They refused to grant him physical accommodations. The Michigan University called the suit by David Lopez frivolous and said he cannot legally claim discrimination on the basis of weight. Lopez tells the Detroit News that he completed all the coursework but needed a special arrangement for student teaching that would not require him to stand or walk for long periods. Did I mention he wanted to be a gym teacher? He claims... They didn't want me to graduate with my certification because I didn't fit what they perceived to be a gym teacher because of my size and because of my weight. I think the operative phrase there is, I didn't fit. Well, Lopez was assigned to Dearborn Public Schools for his student teaching in the winter of 2022, and his doctor gave him an accommodation letter 
because of his diabetes, obesity, hypertension, and asthma. And he wanted to be a gym teacher. Okay, well, it indicated he could not stand or walk for prolonged periods of time during his student teaching as a gym teacher. (laughs) One of the professors had previously tried to get him to leave the university with a degree, but no teaching certificate. Lopez said that the professor told him that he didn't think he was qualified to be a gym teacher and he wouldn't be good at it. Hey, uh, teacher, can you show me how to do pull-ups on the high bar? (laughs) Well, okay, maybe he isn't physically able to participate in some of the sports and activities. Lopez did say, though, his weight does not impact his ability to be a good teacher. (laughs) Okay, I think I've I've heard this one before, right? Let's see, he winds up marrying the deaf music teacher. Is that right? Sounds like this, uh, this poor fellow could probably use a little discrimination in his diet. A lot of folks did a lot of traveling over the holidays, and that's where you get into some more stupidity. For instance, an Arkansas man was caught trying to get into a New York airport with a diaper packing heat. And I'm not talking about some hot crap. No, he was caught trying to pass through the LaGuardia Airport security with a baby diaper. I should say a full baby diaper, but it was full of bullets. Officers were scanning the traveler's carry-on through the x-ray checkpoint, and it triggered an alarm, according to the TSA. The officers pulled the bag off the line and found the disposable diaper with a pretty heavy load inside. They unwrapped it and found 17 9mm bullets hidden in the uh, otherwise clean underpants, according to TSA. The traveler told the officers, I didn't know how that ammo-filled diaper got into my carry-on. Maybe my girlfriend must have put it in there. Yeah, Uh, Port Authority police caused sight of the man whose identity was not released, but TSA, with unlawful possession of ammo. It's unclear if the man was traveling with a baby or any other people. (laughs) I mean, I've heard that diapers have been so full they were about to explode but nothing quite like that. Well, um, we now have a new generation of babies who were born in 2010 to 2020, I believe. They're going to be called Generation Alpha. So get used to hearing that term. But we still are trying to figure out who all the other generations are, namely Gen Z. You heard Gen Z. They're the ones that are aged between 11 and 26 year old. Well, they're suffering social anxiety because of COVID and lockdowns. There was a report that found that 9 in 10 graduates say that they avoid in-person work events because of social anxiety. And nearly a quarter are uncomfortable speaking up in team meetings and sharing their ideas. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But this social anxiety is also impacting young people's social life. It's even stopping them from enjoying eating out. Gen Z reported the most menu anxiety, menu anxiety, with 34% of 18 to 24-year-olds admitting they ask other people at the restaurant table to speak to their waiters on their behalf because they're too nervous to talk. Uh, uh, Can can, can you tell the waiter I just need a cup of water? I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a significantly higher figure than the average level of anxiety felt by customers, with the overall average of those who feel awkward speaking to waiting staff standing at 21%. <laughs> Younger diners said they also wanted to be prepared for the situation. Oh, hey, give me a minute. i got to prepare to give that waiter my menu, my, my order. <laughs> Although around half of the customers said that they checked the menu before going out to dinner, 40% or more of Gen Z customers said they would simply just wouldn't go out to dinner if they couldn't check the menu first. Before, let's, don't, don't go into the restaurant yet. Let me get my phone and look at the menu out here in the parking lot where I'm safe. Yeah, I guess this could be to help combat some of the commonly listed fears that the survey recipients had when it came to eating out, like being overwhelmed by the amount of choices on the menu. Really? Is that, Maybe that's why that there are so many restaurants out there with small menus. I've been to some of these. You know, you get it and the menu is like one page, you know, and there's like six choices. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe another problem is mispronouncing an item and feeling embarrassed. Okay, look, I I go to Olive Garden and I don't know what their soup is. I just say I want Italian chili. That's all I have to say. I don't know what the proper Italian pronunciation is. I just want Italian chili. Most people at Olive Garden know what I'm talking about, you know? Some of these Gen Zers fear that they would order the wrong thing and regret what they purchased in comparison, in comparison to their peers. You know, they'll get something and then they see what their peers get then they feel embarrassed. Okay. Another factor making customers anxious, perhaps understandably, the total on the bill at the end of the meal. Well, that would make anybody nervous, frankly, at today's prices. But Gen Z's anxiety about food and eating isn't purely down to social or monetary interactions. It's also part of their wider concern about the world and how they want to participate. For example, a study released over the past summer found that 61% of Gen Z have felt pressured about what to eat since childhood, so as a result feel anxious about the subject. The report from the Ketchum Food Research adds 62% of Gen Z think their eating pattern is wrong because it doesn't align with health or social values. That creates an uncomfortable gap between their beliefs and their actions. So now they're feeling awkward about their calorie count. You know what? Just adopt a seafood diet. That's what I do. If I see food, I eat it. Okay, the thought of ordering from the menu terrifies the Gen Z crowd. How does the thought of death hit you? Does that terrify you? Well, if you're one of those people that just the thought of death just scares you to death, I'm sure you are not going to want to listen to this. Hypochondriacs are people that constantly worry that they might be seriously ill. I think my grandmother was a hypochondriac. You know, she took so many red, green, and blue pills, she dreamt in technicolor. You know, if you told her what a, how good she looked, you'd made a mortal enemy. Well, now there's a term for hypochondriacs. It's called illness anxiety disorder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a new study that found that being a hypochondriac or constantly worrying about that you might die, can actually kill you. Yes. Researchers in Sweden found people who are paranoid that they might die will die earlier. The average was 70 years old compared to 75 for everyone else. Is that what you call a self-fulfilling prophecy? So being afraid of dying can take five years off your life. Well, 
I guess that's why my grandmother died at 70, 72, I think, right? Well, they found that hypochondriacs are more likely to die of natural and unnatural causes. So everything from heart attacks to getting hit by a bus. They're also at a higher risk for depression and suicide, obviously. They think one of the main reasons that it can kill you is stress. <laughs> oh, well, I can see that. Constantly being stressed out about your health probably isn't good for your health in the first place, right? One expert even noted this is just for actual hypochondriacs. Now, he says a lot of us are what we call mild hypochondriacs. But this only applies to people that live in a perpetual state of worry. Now, in related news, this new term might apply to you. Cyberchondria. Cyberchondria. Now, cyberchondria is when you can't stop Googling symptoms and you're trying to diagnose yourself. Oh, well, all right. I guess when you see what's on the menu on some of them restaurants, you might be afraid of that you might die, you know? Especially when you end up being served the food and find out how it was made. Well, there's a bar in Memphis, Tennessee. It's called Mugshots Bar and Grill. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but if this uh, bar and grill needs any new decor, they could probably use some new mugshots, right? Well, the female bar manager at Mugshots Bar and Grill in Memphis, Tennessee, along with three other female employees, were arrested for beating up a waitress. The waitress says it all started with her talking to her manager's ex-boyfriend and things went south when the manager caught wind of that. She was punched in the face numerous times, stomped and kicked while on the ground. She lost consciousness, got two black eyes, several bruises, cuts on her body. But I think she's going to be okay. The four women were all charged with aggressive assault and they got their mugshots taken. But unfortunately, they can't put them up in the bar because the day of the fight, the bar was celebrating its last day open before closing permanently. Huh? I guess they really went out with a bang. Um, a lot of folks, you know, flew to their destinations over the holiday period. And if you've ever flown, you've probably seen this. And airline employees have a nickname for this. Stupid people that line up early for a flight. You've seen them, right? They start huddling around the gate. They get there early. Well, the new term for that, gate lice. <laughs> uh, <coughs> but standing in line early can also mean extra bumps in the boarding process, which I can attest I have witnessed. Passengers getting in line too early can lead to congested airport walkways, longer wait times for boarding groups who were actually called, and, of course, general confusion, which is what you see most of the time in most airports. Now, if you've ever wondered why people are lining up early, here's a psychological perspective. It's conformity and competition. Now, one psychologist says this. People use other people as sources of information, both about what the right thing to do is and about what everyone else is doing. Okay, both of these things are happening at airports when the travelers get in line early. The first person that stands up gives others information about how they can and should behave, which leads more people to stand up and join them, convincing more to join on a constant information feedback loop. He goes on to say people will do any weird thing 
I should say any stupid thing, if they think that's the way to behave. When you see people lining up, getting ready, it makes you feel that there's a benefit for that. Also, flights are often full or even overbooked. That could lead to a sense of pressure among travelers to claim their space early. Is my wife listening to this? Airline forcing flyers to gate check passengers carry on because of full overhead bins, for example, means that being the last passenger to board when group six is called rather than being the first person to board when group seven is called can be the difference between keeping your carry on or not. Now, there are some limited resources, of course. It can be logical if you want to get in line early. I mean, that's especially true for travelers that have tight connecting flights or valuables in their carry-ons, like the risk of losing them or having to wait at baggage claim, which brings even bigger problems. Or as you may have heard in a previous podcast episode, people puking on your bags if you got to stick them underneath the seat. Another expert warned that while standing in line early makes way sense or makes may make sense, it does not expedite the boarding process. In fact, it actually slows it down. When too many people that are standing and congregating in the gate area, it can actually slow down the process for those that are boarding and waiting in line. Those extra people can cause confusion for passengers who should be boarding and crowd the space for those who need to board first, like the wheelchair users, which we have also seen firsthand. So please. If you're going to fly, don't be gate lice, okay? If you're going to be driving, make sure you stay awake. Don't follow the example of one Florida deputy. This 29-year-old Seminole County, Florida deputy was arrested because she was found passed out behind the wheel of her car at a traffic light in DeLand, Florida. Deputy Kristen Simpson is now on administrative leave. An officer pulled behind a silver Toyota Corolla at an intersection just before 1 o'clock in the morning. And at the time, the light was red. But when the light turned green, the Corolla did not proceed through the intersection. So the officer said he honked the car, but the car remained stopped at the intersection with its brake lights on. A body camera video shows Deputy Simpson behind the wheel, seemingly asleep with two dogs inside. The video then shows the officer knocking on the driver's side window several times to no effect. The officer is then seen banging on the roof of the car. Now, at that point, Simpson is waking up. And according to the incident report, she refused to submit to field sobriety exercises or breath test. Police said they searched her vehicle following her arrest and found three open containers of White Claw. Now she's facing charges of DUI, alcohol, or drugs. <laughs> well, I don't know. We're into 2024, well into the 21st century. You don't really expect to see biblical-type plagues, but there was a biblical plague of toads, frogs, and tadpoles that wreaked havoc in a Honduras city. It even caused a multi-car pileup. The amphibians took over the streets and homes of Choloma. They had heavy rain that fell in the area that caused drains to overflow and puddles to form. The outbreak, according to the locals, went on for three days. At one point, a pickup truck lost control on the slime left behind, caused a pileup that involved five vehicles, including a tanker, two trucks, and a motorbike that was left burnt to a crisp. Believe it or not, there were no fatalities, but the road was blocked for some time, causing a long tailback, according to residents. 
Some of the people caught up in the crash had to be taken to the hospital in the nearby city of San Pedro Sula. Several people filmed the creatures swarming the area, including one man that said, This scares me. It looks more like the plagues of Egypt. Well, that's pretty crazy to have a plague of frogs and toads and tadpoles. But if you're a resident of Phoenix, Arizona, you've noticed you may have a plague of beavers. That's right. They've seen an increase in sightings of these unusual guests with beavers in an Arizona neighborhood. The Southwest Wildlife Conservation Center in Scottsdale said the most recent beaver sightings were reported in the Arcadia neighborhood of Phoenix. According to the folks there, the rescuers arrived and uh, found animals gnawing away at trees. It had almost gnawed through half of one tree by the time I got there, said Kim Carr, the animal care manager at the Conservation Center, talking to the Arizona Republic. She says it was completely unfazed by the crowd that was surrounding it. The rescue group said the beaver was the third to be spotted recently in Phoenix and Tempe, Arizona. Jamie Hass-Oliver, a developer or development manager at Southwest Wildlife Conservation Center, said, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a beaver in Arcadia. So it's a pretty unusual sight. An adult male beaver was spotted in the backyard near 44th Street and Osborne Road, right in the heart of the Arcadia neighborhood. Oliver went on to say, so there's a chance that the Salt River might be feeding into the canal system. Once a beaver makes it into a canal like the one near 44th Street in Osborne, there's no food in there for them. So when they get hungry, they come out from the water and look for food. Oliver says Arcadia is as logical a choice as any for beavers to emerge from the canal system. Said that, you know, whenever I want some food, I go to Arcadia. They got some amazing restaurants down there. So I guess a beaver was looking there as well. It's not the first beaver sighting in the area. Melissa Murray, who lives a few blocks north of Osborne Road, captured a video of a pair of beavers in her backyard doing what beavers do. At least one small tree in her yard was cut down by the semi-aquatic rodents. She said the beaver that was just rescued is actually the third beaver in our rehab facility right now. And one rescued beaver had been named Fern. Fern the beaver. Unable to be released into the wild, now Fern, Fern is a permanent resident now at the Conservation Center. That probably won't be the fate for the latest rescued Arcadia beaver. Oliver said that, so the vet tech says he looks pretty fine. He's got regular amounts of energy. He's eating well. He's swimming around his little tub in the rehab area, so he's doing great. It's likely that he'll be fine. So once the latest Arcadia beaver checks out with the veterinarian, he'll probably be placed back into the wild. There's only about 200 beavers that are believed to live in the wild in Arizona, and they typically stick to areas near major waterways. Now, Kim Carr said the beavers are probably just taking the wrong turns in their native river systems to end up in the valley. As Bugs Bunny would say, they probably made that wrong turn at Albuquerque or something. I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can even do that at uh, podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment you have from a podcast or even if a question you have, I'll be happy to address either one. Your questions or comments might even be played and or even talked about in a future podcast episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. You can... Uh, 
download the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, and you can do that just as simple as a phone call. Or I can even send you a link that you can actually participate from the website. You can download the app to your favorite app store and add that uh, podcast to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. And, of course, should you certainly subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breaker, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Don't forget to follow me also on Facebook and X. Just look up the handle at Insane Eric Lane. Happy New Year. I just poured my uh, glass of Eva and was about to take a sip. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard that you were trying to convince your, your son to join AA, but you're the one that is constantly talking about your, your new Scottish tradition. <laughs> well, uh, I blame my wife. She keeps buying it for me. <laughs> oh, you know, man. you know, I, I do. I do have some Glenmorangie uh, scotch. Uh, oh, you know, nice. a, a giant. I think I mentioned it was like a like a water collection barrel of it, basically. Yeah. Well, uh, but I'm not having uh, any tonight. My my wife also bought my son a flavored martini kit, and he's asking me how does he make a martini, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, he he was uh, asking me for some advice on vodka. Yeah. Now my first thought was gin, not vodka, but I also know your son. And right. uh, I recommended them a, a decent vodka. <laughs> well, that's because I recommended him talk to you. I said, if anybody knows his alcohol, talk to your cousin. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, now you're going to make me seem like the alcoholic. <laughs> well, so, but I mean, you, you're, you're the one that goes for that burnt rubber taste and whiskey. You know, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Oh, I do. Oh, it's so good. I was actually just thinking about Miss Skull. I, I forgot all about it. I'm like, man. <laughs> I love it. I need to get some more. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I take it that everybody had a wonderful holiday and uh, spent some time with uh, family and friends and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of family, a few giant fits. Um, but those got you know, we're getting a little bit better with these things. And uh, I, after that, it's all been good. Well, that's um, good. That's good. Yeah, that's oh, good. yeah. I got I got the usual, you know, usually I got my coffee, I got some candy, I, uh, you know, get some gift cards, and of course my complimentary pair of boxers every year. I get a new pair of boxers. Look at that, and you know, you don't change them at all. Until no, the, no, I the wear the same year, right? pair. All, yeah, I wear the same pair all year long. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we had a good time. Didn't really go anywhere, didn't have anybody really come in to see us, and uh so it was kind of nice, just sort of like stayed home and just sort of vegetated for you know a while. Yeah, I um, I, I feel like like I've become real dad because all of my gifts were were basically tool related. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. You know, <laughs> between like laser, um, you know, lasers for like hanging things in a 
you know, straight manner and stuff like on the wall. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I got, you know, this is perfect. I mentioned, I think, last podcast that maybe I didn't. Did I mention this? We, for the new year, we needed a, a fresh start for, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in our car. And, no, you didn't um, mention that. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, uh, I, I realized that basically this, so this is the Saturday before Christmas. Um, it, it's the, the Christmas Eve Eve. And right. uh, now I've already been here in the click in our car, knowing mm-hmm. that we're going to need something at some point soon. Um, right. You know, you turn the key and it's just click, nothing. Turn yep. the key, click. You, you do this a few times, then eventually the car starts to turn over and, yep. and the car is going. It's fine. Drives it great like otherwise. Bad start, bad spot on the starter, it sounds like. Basically, yeah. Or maybe the solenoids getting, uh, you know, mm-hmm. older or just, um, you know, run, run down or something. So um, right. I kind of figure like, all right, I know this is going to be something I need to get soon. Uh, well, you know, we're at Costco with a car full of food and, you know, as well as Christmas dinner, basically, right? And uh, mm-hmm. we finally are like, all right, we're just saying a prayer that we get home. Uh, yeah. and, and thankfully, a couple minutes later, the, the car starts. And I, that, that car basically sits there for a week. I said, no one's driving this thing <laughs> until we can. Because I don't want my wife to get stranded somewhere, right? Um, right. So we're driving my car. And I, I order the part. And uh, and I, I call up my, my dad. I know he used to have these these uh, ramps that you could drive up so you could work on your car or change all right. the things. He used right. to have these when I was growing up. I asked if he still had some, and he he gave me a, a nice little, you know, I, I guess what white lie or fib of, oh, well, you know, he doesn't, but he could get them from the neighbor. Lo and yeah. behold, my Christmas gift for the year that was bought two months prior was ah, some car ramps, there, uh, and, and so perfect timing, you know, for the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and last Saturday, I was able to successfully fix my my car in the start nice 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 see there there it is you know and uh, you you got greased up and and you got it to running that's 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 awesome you know oh yeah yeah and, it, it and, felt and, really good then and so that's why i mean I, I i sent you the the video of the guy using power tools to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that was oh my that, god that that was so you that was just so you <laughs> yeah i love it I would, yeah, that would be totally Oh man, yeah. um, that, but, it, it's but, been a great, great beginning of the year in that way, though. Just like fixing things, um, I, I started one more, one more thing uh, just to try it out and, yeah. and see. Uh, I've been hearing things about this, and you might think I'm crazy, but I, I started doing. I've been doing it for about a week now. Cold plunges in the morning. No, no, uh, no. Basically, <laughs> when you wake, wake up, you fill the bathtub up with cold water, uh, and, and you just you take that, a plunge for. Well, I've been yeah. doing six minutes because I'm not yeah, adding next, ice or anything. So six I was going to say the next thing you're going to be doing ice baths. This is I'm like, oh my god, there's no, no, no. I'll, I'll do almost anything but that. There's no way I'm doing that. So. <laughs> oh you man, know. I, yeah. Well, I keep hearing like it's good for either a like losing oh. some weight. Not that I have much to lose, but. <laughs> you know, it, it kickstarts your metabolism. You, yeah. your body's got uh-huh. brown fat and white fat. Then the brown fat is yes. the temperature regulating stuff. Uh-huh. And so it really, I mean, it, it, you're going to do a lot of temperature regulating and you're going to get a big metabolism and appetite uh-huh. from, yeah. from from just trying See, to get your body temperature. Well, back you know, you, you, could, you could easily accomplish this by moving to Pennsylvania and just going out and just laying in the snow first thing in the morning. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, well, the, the thing that got me, though, was I was like, okay, well, that seems kind of nice, but it, hey, it, it actually does good things for your mood. Like, my, I mean, I'm, I'm awake. I feel great um, <laughs> all day. I feel more productive, more energized. And, and apparently your liver will actually produce 
like like an enzyme or, or a substance or something in there that will um but like it, like it helps remove free radicals from the blood. Oh my gosh! Uh, like the cold shock in there. So I think like that that's got to be good for you long term, right? Uh, I guess. So I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll give it a yeah. shot. And I've actually, it does not get easier uh, every morning. <laughs> I will say that the hardest part is convincing yourself to get in. But yeah. once you're in, it's not bad. Goes by pretty quick. The six minutes I've been doing goes by quick, and I feel great. So I think mm-hmm. that for the new year, you know, maybe you could. Uh, for taking yeah. some ice baths, yeah. polar plunges yeah, yeah. with me. Right, right. They they try to get me. They, they have a po- they do polar plunges here in Pennsylvania all the time, and they try to get me to do it. And I said, you know what? There's no way unless you want to pay for my hospitalization. Okay, there's just no way that's going to happen. I, and and I as mean, far as you'll, it, you'll, it, you'll be fine for a few minutes in the bathtub, man. You'll well, be okay. yeah. Right, right. I, I'm sure it would affect my mood too. I'll be a grouch all day long because I got started <laughs> off in a cold. You know. It's, 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not where a person has to have it hot all the time. I mean, I actually like cooler weather, you know, and it, it, I mean, I really don't even wear jackets unless I'm going to be outside for an extended period of time. I really don't even wear coats to work because I'm just going from my car to, to, to work, you know, and and I, I just I just don't mind the cold weather. And uh, but no, I, I don't care for taking ice baths. I'm not even no, remotely mm. interested. This is the new thing people <laughs> do nowadays. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do ice uh, baths. <laughs> not going to happen. And, and besides that, you know, I mean, my I've made it this far without an ice bath. I, I'm I'm certainly not going to ruin the rest, the, the last quarter of my life doing that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, my, my, my wife was telling me she, hey, when I was doing this, she was looking at me like I was crazy when I was telling her about it. Gosh, um, and, and then and she, the other half, she was like, I don't care if it adds years to my life. I'm not going to do this. I'm Um, I'm with Mrs. Poncho on this one full heartedly. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. The good news is that uh, neither you nor I had to do any traveling because I I guess the traveling was just crazy. I think we had like record numbers of people that were traveling on land and by air and wherever else, you know. So I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't have to bother. I saw more stories of like meltdowns on airplanes, you know, and I'm like, not, not, I'm glad I stayed at home, you know, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm sure we'll be hearing more of these as we, you know, get into the new year, more uh, stupid uh, encounters of people in airports and airplanes. And I know that the la- last one that I just saw was this week, I guess the passengers had to use duct tape to, co- to contain some guy having a meltdown on an American Airlines flight. Or oh something. my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, I'd like to like d- duct tape him to, to like the ceiling or something, you know? Yeah. And he's yelling, they're killing me. They're killing me. You know, this kind of thing, you know, so I'm like, I don't need that circus, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man. Well, look, happy new year to everybody. Um, welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time, it makes sense. It's a new year. Maybe, yeah, right. maybe listening to more stupid stories is part of your New Year's resolution. Um, Either that or they're just, they, they've encountered their family for too long. That, that, that too, yeah. And who knows, maybe these stories will make you feel a little bit better about your life <laughs> after you hear uh, other people's stupidity. Um, and, uh, and look, if, if you haven't listened before, uh, Eric sends me a bunch of stories. I select what I think are the best seven of them or so. And then we both just kind of spitball them back and forth to each other and laugh about it. Um, we don't plan any of our jokes in between. Uh, at least I don't. 
And nope. um, and so it just kind of makes it fun uh, to see what Eric's going to say, I think, uh, <laughs> or, or if I could get him to, to really laugh a lot. So first story that I picked here, I, um, I like this because Home Alone is one of my favorite Christmas movies. And this kind of feels like the inverse of Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, home alone. You know, the, the kid is left at home while the parents go to some kind of Europe vacation. Paris, yeah. I think it is. And and then they realize that they left Kevin at home. But what if, right. what if the, they accidentally put Kevin on the plane while they were stuck at home? But he was put on the wrong plane. It's <laughs> it's virtually, the, you know, it's the same thing. Right? This is more or less, it'd be like Home Alone 2 or something. Right. Yes. Um, right. So Spirit Airlines. They're apologizing after mis- they mistakenly put an unaccompanied six-year-old boy on the wrong flight to Florida, the reports say. <laughs> the incident happened when the child was supposed to fly from Philadelphia to Fort Myers, but was incorrectly boarded. Uh, this is in quotation marks. This seems like legalese to me, I guess. Um, yeah. On a flight to Orlando. The oh, child was, and trust me, you know, there's a big difference between uh, Orlando and Fort Myers. Uh-huh. Um, the child was always under the care and supervision of a spirit team member, which, you know, uh, goes to say, you know, how much is that worth? Right. Yes. Um, yes. And, and as soon as we discovered the error, we took immediate steps to communicate with the family and reconnect them. The airline said in the statement obtained by CNN. Now, I wonder how long it took is what I'm, I'm wondering. Well, <clears throat> right. local news station, uh, WINK TV, which I, I kind of appreciate wink, right? Wink yeah. TV. Um, yeah. They spoke with Maria Ramos, who identified herself as the boy's grandmother. They told me, uh, no, he's not on this flight. He missed his flight. I said, uh, no, he could not miss his flight because I have the check-in tag, Ramos told <laughs> WINKTV. I ran inside the plane to the flight attendant and asked her, where's my grandson? He was, uh, which, hey, I love, you know, where's my grandson? Are you my uh, grandson? Yeah. And my uh-huh. mind, that's where I like to go with this. Um you know, uh, but he he was handed over to you at Philadelphia. Uh, she says. Uh, she said, "No, I have no kids with me," as what the pilot said. Um, so she said it was one of the scariest experiences of her life. How bad? Um, you know, like, I mean, like you used to lost luggage with these kind of things. Anyways, <laughs> I think that's basically what the child is. Um, so, uh, well, Ramo said that eventually her grandson, whom she said is named Casper called to say that he landed. Casper was at Southwest um, Florida International Airport, nearly 160 miles from his intended destination of Orlando International Airport. Wow. Um, Gosh. said uh, this was her grandson's first ever flight. Uh, (laughs) You know, which I'll say, he got, I think, the pretty, he got the full experience then, right? He got the very traditional flight experience. But he did. just a bad experience altogether. <laughs> um, well, Ramos drove over three hours to reach Casper. Spirit offered to reimburse Ramos for the drive, but she wanted answers. I, I want them to call me. Let me know how my grandson ended up in Orlando. How did that happen? Did they get him off the plane? Uh, off the plane? Ramos asked the flight attendant after the flight attendant after uh, mom handed him paperwork. Did she let him go by himself? He jumped in the wrong plane by himself. In, um, in its statement, Spirit said it is investigating the incident. We take the safety and responsibility of transporting all of our guests seriously and are conducting an international and in, or in, internal investigation. We apologize to the family for the, this experience. Uh, so the airline. 
Yeah, yeah, really. And, and it would it be great if they find out that the kid actually did this on purpose? Right, like just to get away from like the the parents or anything. Like, no, I hate grandma. I hate abuela. Either that or the kid was made made it a game and going to play hide and go seek or something like that. You know that 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 would really be the caveat. You know, to find out that the kid actually did this himself you know so but but still i mean a six-year-old unaccompanied kid and you oh my god first off the first thing that went through my mind what normal right-thinking parent would put a six-year-old unaccompanied on a flight to see grandma so i'm thinking oh yeah you know that that that's the first mistake that was made right there. You know, oh man, well that all that is you're you're just if I if I did something like that, it would I may as well just predict when the kid would die. You know, because anything <laughs> possible that could possibly happen. But look, if you if you really want to know when you're going to die, they actually now have a death calculator that will predict when you die. Apparently, it's extremely accurate, okay? So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of folks probably are not in a massive rush to try to learn when they're going to bite the big one. (laughs) But there's this newly developed AI death calculator using artificial intelligence that can now forecast when you're going to die with eerily exact accuracy okay now <laughs> yeah this this uh, i don't know i mean it's kind of going on the internet and typing in when will i die and see what the internet to get, gives you you know i don't know but yeah, it says yeah. that we, we used a technology behind chat gpt something called transformer models to analyze human lives by representing each person as the sequence of events that happen in their life so it says uh sune Lehman, she's the lead author of this December 2023 study, using sequence of life events to predict human lives. They did this interview in the New York Post. Now, in this report, the professor of a network and complex systems from Technical University of Denmark and co-authors introduced an algorithm known as life to vec That's in life, the number two, V-E-C, life to vec It uses uh, select details of your life, like your income, your profession, your residence, and health and history all to determine your life expectancy with 78% correctness. Now, I I tried to Google this and find out where you could get this. So I, I see, I was saying the only thing is, please tell me that you took this and I got to know what, how many years I, you got. Well, the thing is I did take it, but they, they want to know your daily calor- caloric intake and they want to know all these other things. I mean, I could give them a lot of the other stuff. But I, have no, I have no idea how many calories that I eat in a day. You know, yeah. do, do, do they like look at that and be like, I don't know. I don't keep track of this. And they're like, oh, we're going to put them in the worst category then because I just, people I just, that really don't count them are the no. ones that are really going to be unhealthy. So this is what I did. I just basically Googled what is the average amount of calories a person eats or consumes in a day what's the average so i just kind of used a random average so then i thought okay now i don't really eat a lot of like junk foods i mean i i snack on some stuff but i don't do it a lot i think my wife prepares relatively healthy foods i get my greens and i get my my calcium and my grains and proteins and all this kind of thing so I just kind of variated what the average might be, maybe a little more than the average, but not much. And so, you know, they want to know your your height, your weight, and 
you know, all this. So a lot of the stuff, you know, I just kind of guessed at. I, I, let's just say this podcast is going to last for another six years. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be laughing about any of these things, but let's be real. Any answer you gave me, I was going to be laughing at. Um, so, so how, how accurate do you do you believe in these kind of you know predictions? Well, thinking, okay, you know, I feel pretty good. I'm not winded. I don't feel like that. I'm I'm uh, having any kind of uh, you know unexplained pain or unexplained experiences. <laughs> you know, the sick. Six, six I, I, I can't believe you actually took it. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, right, so, so we starting up 2024, we know you got until about, you know, what, 2030, I guess, right? Yeah, right. So, so we. It's okay. an easy number to remember. Yeah, we can we can now tell you when, to, when, how long this podcast will continue so you'll know, you know, this kind of thing. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I tell you, when I tell my wife this, she's gonna not find it funny at all, and we'll find it oh. mildly disturbing, if not more. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, but honestly, you with with Mrs. Bancho being the dietitian and stuff, really, this should be something I think she should input just for kicks and giggles to see what this is gonna be. She would know, know right? you know. So she she might. Um, I mean, well, she might want a say with the kind of food that you're eating uh, going forward. Yeah. That's probably. Um, I, I want to know if there's a section for cold plunges you know, in there to, to, to put in. Um, How many cold plunges do you take a day or a week or something like a that? A day? Well, it'd be more a week. Uh, um, yeah. Man, well, that, how wild is that? I, look, I, all these, you know, AI calculators to, to predict all these different things. Um, right. I think, you know, a lot of times people did just fine back in the day before these sure. things existed. Yeah. And yeah. I can't. I can't help but wonder. Well, know, my, grandma, um, my, my, my grandma Ruby lived to be 99, you know? I mean, oh, still. Yeah, exactly. And she did snuff like out of the womb. Um, yes. So. She, the woman did snuff every day I've known her in her existence. Yeah. You know? So I, the, my point being, I, I can't help but wonder if maybe doing things the old-fashioned way wouldn't land us in a better place because, yeah. um, you know, these kind of AI tools and stuff that are supposed to make us smarter. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's causing uh, people to get this false reality uh, yeah, about them, uh, you know, their right. lives or their, their well-being. Um, yep. so for example, yep. example here, uh, millennials are <laughs> apparently overrating their economic smarts. Oh, is that right? Two out of three of them, two, two and three, can't even define basic financial terms. But <laughs> they do love to travel. Um, there you go. Oh yeah, and I find this funny because I, I will say I've got some savviness to me. I think, but I'm definitely not the two and three. I'm I'm the uh, in the one and three minority of this group. It's about fifty eight percent of millennials. They think that they're more mature than their parents when it comes to finances. And uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, anybody who pays attention, anybody who's probably not a millennial as well, yeah. will see that and laugh. Um, well, this is like a new. Whenever I said this, I thought for sure. I thought you're going to pick this story. I know that. I just <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, when um, so yeah. Well, this is this comes from a poll. Like, unfortunately, a poll finds two thirds can't even define many basic financial concepts. The survey of two thousand. So it's two thousand millennials that were examined. Uh, they examined their financial knowledge, finding 
that while many feel they know more than their parents, 71% still want to learn more. Hmm. Half of those surveyed say they've already taken more of an interest in managing their finances this year than last year. And I I think you could thank Biden for that. Um, (laughs) So much so, though, that eight in 10 are confident in their ability to manage their finances. Are people not already managing their finances? That's what I'm wondering. Um, Only a third of of people were able to correctly match six basic financial terms to their (laughs) correct definitions. Um, One in nine millennials admit that they're not confident in understanding how the credit score system works. Similarly, nearly one in five of respondents haven't heard of the term rising rate environment. Or and even more aren't aware that they're likely they've likely been impacted by this kind of economy. The the fact that people can't even tell that they've been maybe impacted by inflation that's wild to me. Like how do you yeah. not recognize that? Um, exactly. So surprisingly, sixty two percent of millennials could not correctly identify the definition of credit, and even more couldn't define net worth, mutual <laughs> fund, home equity, or bonds. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, and this is like the scary thing. These are the people that want, like, you know, what free money basically for just existing. Um, uh, and um, yeah, well, or, or like what to to like tax? Like, you got people talking about taxing things that that haven't even been like um, like like stock or, or yep. home equity that hasn't even been realized yet, right? Like, let's tax. Because it, because they don't understand things like net worth or um, you know like. Um, I, I guess what like uh, revenue versus profit and things and um, well anyway nevertheless more millennials who are between the ages of 27 and 42 believe traveling is more important than being debt free advancing their careers and even starting a family yeah I know, That's that. like, I know a few people like that and you're like right in the middle of that. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I know. I, I yeah, I'm I'm um near. I'm in the middle of it. I, yeah, I said Bill. And I'll yeah. say you know you, where you where you can put me at. I will say, do you have little debt? Then you don't have to live with a lot to be able to afford plenty. Yeah. Or to right. get a house, a family, things like that. Like uh, the trick is managing the amount of debt because most people buy things thinking I can afford that right now, like the wow. car payment, right? Let's say you get a 10 year car payment. I can afford that right now, but you don't know if you can afford it five years from now, let alone right. two years from now, one year, uh, nine years. Like it doesn't matter, but like, like you may not be able to afford that $500 a month car payment uh, right. in the future. And so you got to think ahead about some of these things. And if you could be debt free, then it just gives you options um, yeah. for this. Uh to be for me buying things like traveling like that on credit that just means that you're you're probably paying double for that trip than what you really did by the end of it all you know um, but the thing is you don't even do that much traveling oh yeah i don't i don't do much traveling um it, which would be nice i've traveled a little bit here and there but um and i put, I put my attention on starting a family and, and uh getting a house and, and stuff yeah. um back back to the the, the study i guess of the more than 1,800 Americans surveyed, 49% of millennial respondents said they tra- that travel is an important goal for them in the next five years, which was higher than um, a higher percentage than any other generation. The average millennial student loan borrower has about $42,637 in debt. Wow. Which is wild. That's like, it's more than double what I had when I left college. 
Uh, wow. I'm, again, I'm a millennial. I'm smack dab in this. I'm like, what are people doing? And why are their parents <laughs> not taught yeah. them any anything, I guess? Um, right. and, and the financial well-being. And again, this is why they all complain about, I don't know, not like having enough money and, and the economy and stuff or whatever. And they sure. blame like everyone else but themselves, I guess. The yeah. financial well-being of millennials has plummeted during the pandemic era. Go figure. While their <laughs> boomer parents have gained stability. As a result, some millennials have stopped chasing the American dream and have picked up their luggage instead. <laughs> They're traveling more than both boomers and Gen Xers. Hmm. This group of millennials has chosen not to, quote-unquote, struggle and are prioritizing their mental health by traveling instead of saving or working overtime. Wow. So I guess the joke will be on them when they're 80 and still having to work. Yeah, yeah, still paying off their college loan. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that too. Oh man, <laughs> oh gosh, that's just insane. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking you're going to have fun with this because this is just so not you at all. Oh no, no, I don't even understand where where someone gets the idea to think that that's wise or a good thing. I mean, but I guess the the point is like they, I guess they don't have any other goal. If that's the only <laughs> goal that you've got in life, like I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to eventually be very disappointed. Jeez. I mean, well, if that is it, anything but you, this next story is everything about me. I would do this in a heartbeat. In fact, I have done this in, in some form or another. And, and, and I totally understand the plight of this particular situation. Okay. There's a young girl, weeks and weeks of this has been going on. A little young girl has had, um, basically has had her lunches disappear mysteriously. Okay. And they're getting, getting any, no, no help at all from the principal at the school to keep her lunch safer. And well, her mom needs to say is not happy. She's extremely furious. So she is taking matters into her own hands. Now I used to take my lunches to school when I was a kid in my little lunchbox. Okay. Oh, I remember yeah, doing yeah. that. Right. Okay. But I take my lunch to work and I put it in the company refrigerator. And I, oh, yeah. I forgot and I, about this. <laughs> yes. I, I, and I buy my coffee creamer and I wrap it up in my little grocery store plastic bag and tie it up to make it look like, look, this is somebody's. So don't get into it. Put it in the refrigerator. So I know where this is going. Okay. So this is mom's strategy. She's going to lace her daughter's lunch with laxatives. <laughs> So the mom explains this in the post. She says, I brought the issue to the teacher and the principal, but they didn't seem to care. Both of them suggested she might have uh, just been losing it. Okay. So she's devastated. She devised a strategy here and starts putting laxatives in her daughter's food. So she, she then gives her primary school, uh, her, her little primary schooler, some lunch money and told her to keep an eye out for any of her classmates that need to use the bathroom urgently <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and then you, so then you also find out who the bully is right <laughs> that's right you, so, you get you get like two like this is two layers of thinking you punish right. the bully and you 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 uh i guess what you out them. bring them to the surface you shine light on who they are yeah so, yeah out. oh yeah so, well obviously the plan yielded some pretty quick results okay there's a boy named billy who rushed to the toilet straight after lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And over a few days, the pattern repeated, confirming mom's suspicions. But the plot thickens. Oh, my gosh. I love this story. (laughs) 
Billy goes home and tells his mom that he has been deliberately fed food with laxatives. Okay, now her daughter is facing potential suspension over this matter. So mom takes it to an online forum to ask for advice. So this is a this is a, a pretty interesting web that's being woven here. So one mom, I love this, one mom suggests tell the school that there were laxatives in the food because she has been constipated and that it's unfortunate that Billy ate the food, but that people need to explain to him that eating other people's food is unsafe. <laughs> so I like, totally love that excuse. Another one says, know, well, yeah. and then another person says, ask the mother why Billy needs your daughter's food. Tell them that she never would have given it to him because of the laxatives. And then some other commanders advise against admitting to the laxative tactic. They said the medical stuff is none of their concern. Just tell them you didn't permit him to take the food and that your daughter went hungry without it, you know. But I'm, I'm giving I mean, two. I mean, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I mean, I would say you don't have to say anything about that. You just say, look, our, yeah, that's that's smart. Medical, yeah. like, hey, our medical, uh, you know, stuff is private. But yep. he did not have permission to take the food. It's unfortunate that, you know. That's um, right. That's right. You know, oh my gosh, I mean, man. what it's like, how are they going to fight suspension? I mean, that they could be sued over that suspension thing. I mean, at the school, I mean, I just, I, I support this mother 100% because I think I told you the story the one time that people kept getting into my coffee creamer at, at work. I would come in and oh, I'm thinking, no. I mean, and it's like, where's all this going? So I devised a plan to make a dummy bottle of coffee creamer laced with mineral oil and milk of magnesia. <laughs> so, and trust me, it worked just as well. So, uh, yes, I'm giving the mother two thumbs up on this. Good going, and, and I'm, I'm proud of her. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I love this. I think it's great. Uh, I think it is definitely um, – it's bold for sure. I, yeah. I don't know if I would have the – the cojones to go that far, but um, oh. at the same time, it's it's, it's brilliant. I mean, um, yeah. well, I mean, um, can you imagine if your kid was coming home from school saying he didn't need his lunch because somebody was taking it from him? I would, oh, I would have done it so fast, I wouldn't even thought twice about it. I guarantee it. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it definitely. Well, I guess it really did create a uh, rise out of out of everybody here and, and that other bully's mom as well um, yeah uh, <laughs> kind of like how doctors are also seeing a rise in something around the holidays uh, and, and it's it's not what you're thinking okay <laughs> it may have been the season of loving and giving but doctors warned recently against embracing the holiday spirit too enthusiastically. Um, at least where sexual relations are concerned. Um, oh, it's always great when doctors come out, you know, with, with some kind of, uh, I guess, what, like sexual advice. Because yes. um, it's never the kind of advice you expect, right? Like, it's always it's not like, hey, I've got a special whatever. It's like, no, no, it's going to be very clinical and um, yes. hilarious, I, I think, at least. Uh, <laughs> they, they've discovered that Christmas period is associated with a significantly increased risk of penile fractures, Ow! Uh, medical yeah, a medical emergency in which the erection-producing regions of the penis snap, uh, usually as a result of forceful bending during over-enthusiastic sexual intercourse. Oh, um, oh yeah. 
so I guess you know, look, uh, keep a little bit of the of the jolly, you know, tone a little bit of it back, I guess. Um, yes. And uh, the, this injury, this is a quote here. This injury tends to occur during wild sex, particularly in positions where you're not in direct eye contact with your partner, such as uh-huh. the reverse cowgirl. <laughs> says so says Doctor Nicholas. <laughs> Power guides, uh, a urologist at the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich, who led the research. Um, and, and I love, like, you know, when you get quotes like that from a doctor. Uh, <laughs> I'm immature. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm a child. The fractures, the fractures are often heralded by an audible crack. Which yes. Already, right there. Oh gosh, that sounds yes. awful. Um, yes. Followed by severe pain, rapid loss of erection, and severe swelling and bruising. Oh, when yeah. patients present their penis to their doctor, it often looks like an eggplant. Uh, <laughs> this is what the doctor said. Uh, suspecting that the intimacy and euphoria of the festive season might be a risk factor for this type of injury, uh, the, the prior guides and his colleagues examined hospital data for 3,421 men who sustained penile fractures in Germany between 2005 and 2021. Now, Look, I know Germany really does like to celebrate their, uh, you know, their Christmas, right? And, and yeah. they are yes. the, basically the origination of the Christmas pickle. Uh-huh. Uh, that's true. That's so, true. Yeah, you're, you're supposed to find the Christmas pickle. Um, uh, you don't want the Christmas pickle to turn into a Christmas eggplant. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Um, so now, yeah, this, yeah. This suddenly gives a whole new meaning to the to the emoji. <laughs> It does, yeah. yeah. You think, oh, eggplant, well hung. Uh, no, eggplant means that you've got a penile fracture. Um, well, the study, uh, the, the first to explore seasonal patterns for this type of injury, found that such injuries were indeed more common over Christmas. In fact, if every day was like Christmas, 43% more penile fractures would have occurred in Germany from 2005 and on. And he says... The research, which was published in the British Journal of Urology International, also found the risk increase at weekends and over the summer holidays. However, of course. New Year's Eve was not associated with an increased incidence of penis injuries. Hmm. It would be interesting to see data from other countries, but in Germany, Christmas week is widely celebrated, while New Year's Eve tends to be a, a bit quieter. Hmm. Uh, he says... Hospital admissions for penile fractures remained relatively consistent during the COVID-19 pandemic, including during lockdown periods. The average age for sustaining such injuries was 42. Most penile fractures occur in, maybe it's like a loss of boner density or something. I don't know. Um, And, uh, (laughs) um, oh my gosh. I'm trying to, uh, there's got to be some kind of osteoporosis joke to make this too. Maybe like. (laughs) <laughs> Something may be involved in like scro- osteoscrot. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop uh, well on the head maybe or maybe less behind. Um, yeah. Most penile fractures occur in unconventional scenarios, such as during extramarital affairs or mm-hmm. when sex is performed in unusual locations. Um, yeah. Like maybe under the mistletoe or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Now he adds that such scenarios were possibly more likely when men were approaching midlife. Um, midlife crisis, I don't know. Um, he advised couples to be aware of the risk of injury and exercise caution in the run-up to Christmas. Um, I guess what, keep your, get, get your Christmas affairs in order, I guess you could say, right? Um, if it does, if it does happen, you should be, you should present 
to your doctor uh, as an absolute emergency because if you're not treated, you could suffer long-term complications, he said. Yes, yes. And, and, and if you are planning on trying to do it through a doorknob hole, probably keep that in mind as well. Oh, so. yeah. I, I'd like to think that this all happens at that because it's that one time of the year where husbands could finally convince their wives to do that one thing that they like. Exactly, exactly. You know, and my guess is, too, that it probably happens whenever you're over lubricated and over inebriated as well. So <laughs> yeah. a little bit too much eggnog or something you're, you're trying to say. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, over inebriated and over over lubricated. That can probably happen, you know, so definitely would uh, definitely would, would be a, a disastrous uh, ending to a uh, to a holiday uh, holiday period. So yeah, I would, the, so next every every time I see an eggplant egg emoji now, I'm going to think of this story for some reason. I just don't know why I can't get that image out of my head now. But <laughs> well, here's an image that is not going to be easily forgotten for an Indiana woman who unfortunately got um, well in the middle of a mix-up. Okay, she's claiming a SWAT team caused sixteen thousand dollars in damages to her home in a raid searching for a fugitive that they mistakenly thought was inside using the internet to get on Facebook. Now, look, she's filed a lawsuit and she's seeking money for damages. Her name is Amy Hadley, says that police launched dozens of tear gas grenades into her South Bend home and ransacked it, making it uninhabitable for days until the fumes dissipated enough to be able to breathe inside. The police raid destroyed the family photos, childhood drawings, clothes, electronics, and future uh, furniture. Uh, insurance partially covered the damages, but South Bend and St. Joseph's County government agencies rejected her pleas for any kind of compensation, which I can't imagine why. This happened back in 2022 when officers from the South Bend Police Department and St. Joseph's County Police surrounded Hadley's house after misidentifying it as a place where a fugitive was active on social media. This is according to the complaint. Now, Hadley lived in the home with her son and daughter and had no earthly idea who this fugitive was, had no connection to him. But when police surrounded her house, Hadley's 15-year-old son was inside playing a video game. So he complied with the officers to come out with his hands up. Imagine that. I mean, once oh, he gets man, out, yeah. yeah, so once he gets outside, it was clear to the officers, well, he wasn't their man. Yet they still cuffed him anyway and took him into the police, even though he clearly posed no threat to the officers who told Noah that he was not suspicious, suspicious of any crime. <laughs> so, well, we don't suspect you, but here, we've got to cuff you anyway, you know. So, despite this tenuous information, the lawsuit says police gets a warrant to search the house for the fugitive. Police remain steadfast, directing orders at the house through a bullhorn for about 40 minutes, despite not seeing anybody enter or exit the house. This is just like maddening. The officers fired tear gas and flashbang grenades into the house and stormed in wearing gas masks, searching for this fugitive. Yes. Despite a second intrusive search, the fugitive was not found. He was actually caught elsewhere four days later. Uh, but the house was practically in shambles. The local government wouldn't pay up and instead gave her the runaround. And her lawyer says, Hadley says, she was traumatized and a spokesperson for South Bend declined to comment, citing pending litigation. Yeah, they probably already have said too much as it is right now. So I can only imagine this will be a lawsuit that will easily be won, I would hope. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, how could it not be? Um, yeah, I, I mean, can't imagine that. like imagine just sitting down there and then having a regular day, and then you know yeah. that happens. I <laughs> I mean, imagine <laughs> the fact that the kid apologize. <laughs> well, that too, and the fact that they 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 obviously got the wrong person. It said the guy wasn't in trouble, but still handcuffed him and took him to the police. I just don't buy that at all. That's insane. Oh, not at all. Um, I'd say I'd well, say they definitely went a little too far with that investigation. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You think? Just a little. I, I, oh man, I um, you know I am a do-it-yourself kind of person, and uh, that is one of those times where I would think I'm I'm hiring a lawyer. I'm not doing that myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but uh, you know, what do you do? Like, what what do you do when the police show up to your place? <laughs> and just destroy it all. Um, but you uh, look, I've got a vet here that went to farm as well. And uh, I, th- I think this is funny though. You, you, you teased this last week. Um, oh I, yeah. I, I, I love the idea. Maybe uh, next year I might start doing an elf on the shelf thing myself. Uh, <laughs> Cause I could see me having fun with this. We talked about oh, two weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. the dad that was banned for elf on the shelf. And, uh, because he put the elf in, they put the elf in a big sudsy soapy water with a couple of girls. Oh yeah, right, like a couple of Barbie dolls or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is I, I appreciate these. I like weird humor. I like strange stuff. And people just go with it. Um, so I'm all pushing the boundaries for these things and then humor. Incorporating a freshly castrated testicle into an elf on the shelf prank might be a step too far, though. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. Santa's naughty little helpers end up getting into all kinds of mischief in the run-up to Christmas, but they don't often start playing surgeons and chopping off a horse's huge cojones. Um, mm. Lingfield uh, equine vets clearly wanted to squash the competition between parents by sharing its own take on the modern festive tradition for kids, even though their attempt isn't exactly suitable for youngsters. The team must have been so busy looking after their horses, ponies, and donkeys that Buddy the Elf was able to run rampant for the day and try his hand at a simple castration. <laughs> rather rather him than me. Uh, but right. look, look at the image of him grinning maniacally while wielding a set of tools that are aptly named emasculators. Yes. While, yeah, while a large, veiny testicle sits just inches away from him. <laughs> Social media users have either been downright disgusted or devilishly amused by the graphic snap, which was shared by the Surrey-based vets, and subsequently went viral, which of course yeah. it would. To be fair to them, though, the <laughs> caption was bang on theme and read, these bells aren't very jingly. No, they're not. Did you get to see the picture? I, I, I'm, I'm taking a look now. I figured I, I'd give you my live reaction here. Yes, yes. It's, it wouldn't be the first time you sent me images like this anyways. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and and some of the other pictures were pretty hilarious as well. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> he, he, he does look pretty cheeky uh, with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's 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 no good. <laughs> oh man, there was one shot where he had the the I don't know how they did this. Uh, the the animal must have been sedated, but there was one shot of the elf on the shelf holding the snippers right underneath the dog. Okay, it was it was perfect. 
Oh, man. Yep. You're not going to make that the art for the week. I don't think you can, can you? No. Uh, oh, no. I thought about it. I thought about it. <laughs> but, but no, no. Is that going to get flagged somewhere? I, I bet it would. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I bet it would. <laughs> I bet it would. So, but but don't worry if you're on if you're on the insane Eric Lane Stupid World Telegram channel, it will go up on that for sure. So that, that's oh a, yeah, there you go. That's a guarantee. So you you'll get all of the uh, the uninhibited uh, stories that we talk about here week after week. So that's that's the advantage of getting on that Telegram channel. See, so that's uh that that's free reign. That's definitely free reign. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so in case you ever wanted to know what a horse cajoni looked like, there we got the elf on the shelf that'll show it off for you. I'm sure all the animal rights people were absolutely up in arms about that, but you know, what are you going to do? You know, well, we do have a couple of Ask Poncho questions to start the year off with. They're looking for some advice and uh, looking for your sage wisdom. We've got an, a, a, a guy, a guy here, or a girl, I don't know who it is, but uh, I think it's a girl. Um, She's got a quandary with her um, her father. She says her dad wants to bring his girlfriend to her wedding. Okay. So she starts out, Dear Pancho, my boyfriend proposed to me last weekend. Of course, I said, yes. I guess it's because of the Christmas holiday, I guess, as people get, you know, proposed a lot, I guess. So she says, yes. She says, everything was great. And so my father came to me and said he will pay for our entire wedding if he can bring his girlfriend. <laughs> now, she's also his mistress and the woman that wrecked his marriage to my mother. <laughs> okay. She oh, says, gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She says, my father is very wealthy and he promises to give me my fairy tale wedding. And I want it in the worst way. But I also don't want to insult my mother by having this awful mistress at my ceremony. And I'm torn about what to do. Part of me thinks it's selfish that I'm even considering my father's offer. Another part of me thinks I should accept his offer because it's about me and not my parents. So should I take my father up on his offer? Man, that that is tough. Like, like I was going to say, if you're upset that you don't want him there, then that's one thing. But you're suggesting that it would be great. He's paying for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. The, the thing that gets me is the fact that this is the woman that literally broke up your parents' marriage as well. It, right. it sounds like a fair and everything, mistress. So that is a totally different story than... <laughs> Parents mutually broke up and, right. you know, that happened. Um, yeah. So, uh, have you talked to your mom? Uh, <laughs> I would first do that. I'd be like, look, mom, uh, this is the thing that, that might get her really mad at. You know, but look, she's really going to be mad at your dad. Yeah. Probably forever. I, I, I totally get why. Um, so, I don't think there's any harm in asking. Uh, you know, like, what What are your thoughts on this? I don't want to hurt your feelings, but also this is really good. But, like, it's transactional. It's not, To me, it sounds transactional. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're okay, you know, with, with if your mom's okay with it. Um, well, right. you know, I'm thinking also, I mean, if people know her father, if he is that type of a person, they obviously would know he has a mistress, so... They would let him come and make a complete arse of himself, right? Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. Now, one thing that I would say is if it were me, I would be completely uh, like, nope, 
I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I am just, uh, I would be unhappy about the situation anyways. It'd be like, no, screw you. That's what uh, serves you right. I still love you, dad. But also, you know, that's not how you treat mom. And yeah. yeah. So I, a part of me would say stick with that anyways. I can't be bought. But, um, but like, I get it. Weddings are expensive. Yeah. Right? And that's, he's offering a big thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the sad thing is that he's willing to do this, like pay money to basically make up, you know, some amends. There's a reason he's asking for it and yeah. offering to pay for it all. Right. Because he knows that that might be the only way to convince you to do it. Right. And for that, that's the reason I'd be like, nope, you can't buy me. Yeah. Um, money can't buy happiness. No. No, and the one thing that you really needed was for your your dad to treat your mom and love your mom the right way, and instead he kind of broke the whole family up. So yeah, and that's something that you're gonna have to live with forever. You're getting married, you'll have grandkids maybe that one day, and you're gonna have to be like, oh yeah, you don't have grandma and grandpa together. You've got you know there, and there's a reason why grandma uh, with grandpa is the reason why grandma's twenty years younger than grandpa. <laughs> Those are difficult things to explain. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. yeah I, so, I, I, like, I'm going to tell you, like, what's the decision for you? Uh, what I would say is I'd probably give him a middle finger and be like, nope. Yep. Um, but, you know, that's, wow. that's me. Yeah. Um, well, I've got one here as well. Uh, and it says, help, our teenage daughter wants Ozempic as a graduation <laughs> gift. Um <laughs> Which is like if you're a teenage white, you there shouldn't even need that. Yeah. Why in the world would you need that? You shouldn't. Um, uh, but okay. Well, this a dear Poncho. Uh, my husband and I told our 17 year old daughter she could have anything she wants for Christmas because she's made the honor roll every semester in high school. She's set to graduate with honors. She stunned us with her wish list. We thought she was going to ask for a new car or a TV and instead ask for Ozempic. <laughs> she wants to lose some weight for her senior pictures and get ready for her first year of college. She's a bit self-conscious. My husband and I don't know what to do. The drug will help her lose weight, but there are also serious side effects. Should a teenager be on Ozempic, we are not sure how to handle this. Giving it to her will allow us to monitor her. If we don't, she may take it on her own and get herself in trouble. What would you do if you were wow. us? Um, <sighs> yeah, wow. that, I mean, look, that's a tough. Um, if I were you, I would probably be like, yeah, you're not getting Ozempic. You're crazy. Um, <laughs> also, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say consult your doctor for this. But also, Ozempic does have some pretty big side effects um, with it. I, I would say I, I've heard. Um, I've heard some people talk about it before where yeah. it might be worth it right. only in the situations where your weight, because there are bad side effects. If your weight is going to, um, I guess what, um, if, if your weight is going to have a, a worse side effect for your health, right. than Taking Ozempic, then it might be worth taking Ozempic. Right. Um, but if you do, if your weight isn't such an issue that it's not going to really be there, then, then you're probably going to be worse off and less healthy for it. There are some things you could probably get on it. But my understanding with Ozempic is that there is no discrimination between, yeah. um, you know, like, like the weight that loses. It's not like you're losing only because like, when people say weight, most people want to lose weight. They mean fat. Right. They right. Lose fat. But you're not talking about like, hey, I want to lose weight. And by weight. 
I want to lose muscle mass and bone density. Um, so but that's you, something that could happen. So are you saying that maybe instead of Olympics, you should just take an ice bath? <laughs> ice bath. That's it. Ice plunges only uh, every morning. <laughs> Um, no, but like the, th the thing is, if you're going to take it, you got to at least do some research for the right supplements to help, um, also maybe give with it there to make sure that you're not losing that bone density or you're yeah. not losing, you know, the, the good kind of weight muscle and, and everything. Um, because you know, again, like what, what's the point of losing weight if, if you're going to have brittle bones and, uh, yeah, and, and basically become malnourished because of well, it. Well, uh, the thing is, know. I mean, I'm almost tempted to kind of throw a third party into this thing and say, well, let's see what the doctor says, you know. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, what I would do is go to the doctor and be like, look, you're going to have to talk about it with the doctor as well. Um, my vote would be like, uh, heck no, you're not doing that. You're crazy. Um, <laughs> but if you were like, look, she's going to do it anyways, I'd rather monitor it. Yep. And if you want to monitor it, you, you figure out the right kind of supplements to put her on, talk to your doctor as well, if you need, and make sure that she has things to keep her muscle mass, her uh, bone density and, and other things that are important yeah. um, in that. And, and make sure that she understands the kind of diet that she needs to go on. Right. Um, diet, not meaning like diet, like, like for losing weight or food, but like, you know, you're going to need to be making sure that you're getting the right raw material for your body to work right. correctly. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I would kind of make it as convoluted as possible because it might discourage her to do it in the first place. Say, well, I, I didn't realize it was going to be, you know, this complicated. It might, you know, make her rethink her her Christmas request or something. You know, true. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point too. You know, and just sort of yeah, like, no, I, that's where I'm at. Yeah, you know, and that way, let her come to her own decisions, thinking, well, maybe that's not such a good idea after all. You know, this kind of thing. You know, there's ways parents can kind of play that. You know, without just saying oh, yes oh, or no. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, so yeah. Well, there's only one way to play insane games. And oh, man. are you? Uh, are you? Are you ready to dive into the first one of the new year? Yeah, let's go for it. Get up close and personal with My Stupid World by interacting with the podcast through Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World's Telegram channel. I post the actual articles used in the podcast episodes every weekend from the week's collection of stupidity. When you join the channel, you'll get to read the actual stories, see the actual photos, or watch the actual videos from the stupidity that is talked about in each episode. And you can even make comments about what you read or seen, even comments with your suggestions or opinions about what I've talked about. You can even share the links to some of the stupid stories that you've encountered. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E to see a preview of the channel and download Telegram Messenger, the app to your smartphone. It's also available in desktop versions as well, and it's supported on Windows, Linux, Apple, and Android platforms. Telegram is a secure messaging app that's gaining in popularity. You can learn more by visiting telegram.org. Um, what was 
Jesse, do you have any extra good ones because it's the new year? Well, we, we definitely don't have any curveballs like the last one we ended the, the last year one on, you know, but definitely got some pretty good ones. I think we should probably start with Porn Star or Weatherman because there's some pretty good ones on this one, that's for sure. So, I've all got, right, all right. Yeah, you, you feed them to me today for the new year. All right. Well, we, we got a good list of entertainers here. Your goal is to tell me if this entertainer is a porn star or a weatherman. So your first entertainer's name is Colton Ford. Colton Ford, definitely a porn star. And that's just because... He's revving some engines for sure. (laughs) Colton Ford. Yeah, a good, strong, motoring kind of a name. Yes. Each, each, uh, he, he, if if it was like uh, his abs, it would be like a a V8. Yes, yes, a V8. A a V8 for each ab. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Well, we, he is a porn star. That's very good. All right. So, well, I like this name. This entertainer's name is Steve Sipple. <laughs> Steve Sipple. I, I love it. Uh, Steve Nipple, you know, is what, <laughs> or Supple or. First thing um, I thought about. I know. I, I think Steve Sipple, though, is a weatherman. <laughs> well, he's got the alliteration going in for, for sure. That he is a weatherman in Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. Okay. Your next entertainer is A.J. Colby. A.J. Colby. I'm going to say A.J. Colby's a weatherman. Hey, a weatherman that uses initials for his name. Huh? That's it. He's a weatherman in Cleveland, Ohio. I like this uh, this particular entertainer's name. It's uh, Billy Glide. Billy Glide. There's no way this is a, a weatherman. This is a porn star. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. It's just what Billy Glide doesn't end up having an eggplant. That's all I can say. So, <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here's a strong-sounding name. Herschel Savage. Herschel Savage. Oh man, I um I like that. that that's a nice sounding name. I think it's a weatherman. I like that name for a weatherman, indeed. That's, <laughs> it's a porn star, though. Believe it or not. Whoa. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't. Her, porn star named Herschel. Yeah. Well, Herschel would have thrown me off. I kind of thought for for sure Herschel is a great like media name of some kind. You know, I don't know why. So. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, but still, four out of five. That's not too bad. So, well, let's head on down and see how well you start off the year with a golf course or rehab here. So, got uh, some uh, businesses. You tell me if uh, this is a uh, golf course or a rehab based upon where it's located and the name here. Our first business is in Florence, South Carolina. It's called Owl's Nest. All right. Well, the Owl's Nest. Uh, Owl's Nest, I- I'm going to say it's a golf course. Well, you know, owls are very wise, they say, you know, supposedly. So it'd be, in, it'd be a rehab. That's what that is. Going to go to the Owl's Nest in South Carolina to go for a rehab, you know. So, uh, well, how about this one? This was in Kansas City, Kansas. It's called Ocean. Blue Ocean. Um, Blue Ocean. I'm, I'm going to say it's a golf course. I'm not even sure there's even an ocean anywhere near Kansas, come to think of it. you know. <clears throat> but it's actually a rehab. <laughs> so, oh, no. I, that's oh, just a strange no. name for anything, a golf course or a rehab. It's, I don't know why they would even pick that. Well, let's try this one. How about uh, this particular business? It's simply called Dream in West Branch, Michigan. Dream. 
Oh, I, I, I'm lost on this now. I don't know. <laughs> um, we're gonna, we're gonna stick with golf course. Wow. Well, actually, is a golf course exactly? A lot of people do a lot of dreaming out there on the golf course. You might say so. That's close as I can get. How about this one called Francisco Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona? Francisco Grande. Uh, it sounds fancy enough. I, I can't think of a of a rehab being named something so fancy sounding. I'm going to say it's a golf course. Definitely would be an interesting name for a rehab. It is a golf course. Correct. All right. And your last one is in Harrodsburg, Kentucky, called Bright Leaf. Bright Leaf. Um, Bright Leaf, I'm going to say, is a rehab. Ah, a bright leaf indeed is a golf course. <laughs> I thought you were like turning a new leaf, you know? Yes, that's kind of what I Those names absolutely made no sense. I'll be the first to admit that. That's that's <laughs> absolutely the most cockeyed <laughs> collection. I I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm without words. So Okay, good, good. That, that makes me feel a little bit better. About yeah, that. We'll, we'll move on. I'm, I've made me a little hungry thinking about that. So we'll think about the steakhouse or a gay bar, depending on how you would define being hungry, I guess. So you've uh, got some businesses here with uh, some interesting names. You tell me whether these businesses are a steakhouse or a gay bar. And my favorite name of all time, this is called Peckers in Nashville, Tennessee. Peckers. Um, yeah, I gotta say gay bar on this one. <laughs> yeah, I would think, you know, you eat some steak, you get some nice big pecs or something, but no, no, actually it's a gay bar. Absolutely. I just can't imagine saying, yeah, I'm going down to peckers. I'll be back later tonight. You know? So how about this one in Portland, Michigan called blue oyster, blue oyster. Um, I, I like, I like the blue oyster cult. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I, I love seafood and steak. Yes. So I'm going to say steakhouse. Oyster in Portland, Michigan, you're going to probably have blue oysters. <laughs> it's a gay bar. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. There's one called Mr. John's in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mr. John's. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure about this one. I'm going to go, I guess, Steakhouse. Mr. John's. It kind of sort of sounds like, um, what's what's that uh, that chicken place? It's always um, got the, anyway, it sounds like something like that, but it's actually a steakhouse. That's what it is. Exactly. So, all right. Here's one in Atlanta, Georgia. It's simply called Bones. Bones. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think it's a steakhouse, though. I, 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 yeah. As much as I want to say gay bar. Yeah. Uh, it'd be called boners then. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it is a steakhouse indeed. That's right. <laughs> I, I think boners is a good name for a gay bar. Come to think of it, that might be good. All right. <laughs> it, it's basically just a rebranding of Peckers. Well, yes, absolutely. Exactly. You know, so. All right. Your last one is in Texarkana, Arkansas. It's called Village Station. Village Station. Well, I know where the village people <laughs> and if there's anything that that tells me, Village Station is going to be a gay bar. Oh, uh, yes, indeed. They probably have the YMCA down there. It is a gay bar. Correct. All right. Good job on that one, I would say. Our next category, strip club or daycare. Same thing. We'll give you um, a business name. You tell me if it's a, a strip club or a daycare based upon maybe the location and the name. Your first business is in Colorado Springs, Colorado called Champions. 
champions. Uh, well, this, this is going to be very clearly a daycare. Very clearly a daycare. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. that would be a champion answer. Exactly. It is a daycare. All right, the next one. This could be maybe go either way. This is called Babes in Toyland in East Lansing, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> Babes in Toyland. Um, all right, this is more challenging here. Um, and it's I, in, I e it's in East, East Lansing, Michigan. Michigan. Oh, gosh. Babes in Toyland. Um, it's close. I'm going to say the babes. I, I think that people want to go look at some nice babes. They might as well call it hotties in the toy chest or something. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a strip club. <laughs> oh, they must be pretty uh, cold up there in Michigan to want to get heated up like that. And actually, it's a daycare. <laughs> so, so, interesting name, though, that is for sure. I definitely like it. Hopefully, you, mm, I don't know, I mean, if, if you know this place, then maybe there needs to be a conversation. But uh, this is called The Dollhouse in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, anytime I hear the dollhouse, anyways, I'm going to be assuming this is going to be a strip club. Ah, yes. So you have no personal information as to where this might be in Jacksonville? No personal information. No. Uh, okay. All right. But I'm no. open to, you know, uh, you letting me know where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is indeed a strip club. That is correct. So I'm sure Mrs. Poncho would say you don't need to know where it is. Okay. So. <laughs> So, all right. The next business is called the Sunshine House in Gahanna, Ohio. That's uh, definitely going to be a daycare. Uh, yeah, because I guess if you go to the strip club, you'll see lots of moons, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so that, is, that is correct. It is a daycare. And your last one in Detroit, Michigan, called the Toy Chest. And there we go with the little strip club to end. Hotties <laughs> uh, in the Toy Chest, Babes in Toyland. Yes, yes. Well, it is a strip club, indeed. That's right. So that's uh, I definitely like the name. That's definitely a, a very clever name. So, all right, did fairly well on that, but uh, we always save the best for last with our fake news of Florida. We'll see how well you can identify whether the story is fake or if this is a headline of something that really happened in the state of Florida. Your first headline, a Vero Beach man told police he wasn't driving under the influence because he was only drinking Bud Light. As much as I'd like that to be true, uh, I think that's fake news. <laughs> that's a little much of a stretch. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think much about Bud Light, but uh, yeah, yeah. But that's definitely true. All right. Well, here's one where a Clearwater woman was arrested for taking off her pants and wearing them as a mask while entering a Target. Oh, man. Um, this is tough. I It could happen. Some people yeah. still do the mask thing down here, but it's not required. I don't know why someone would do that unless it was like being required. I think this is fake news. Mm, yeah, well, it turns out that is fake news indeed. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. This one you may have heard about. You never know. It's a headline involving a Jacksonville school teacher that was busted for trying to get drugs delivered to her while she taught at an elementary school. Oh, yeah, we're going to say Florida for this one. 100% <laughs> Florida. It certainly was. That wasn't too long ago, actually, I think. It happened in like a couple of years or so, I think. All right, here's one where a Delton man was shot by a mother of three 
after breaking into her home and claiming he was being chased by dinosaurs. Um, yeah, we, we had that, like, that security camera footage of a dinosaur in Florida, right? I'm going to say yeah. this is Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true. That's right. I did not know they had. They've got wild monkeys, alligators, and weird spiders. I did not know they had dinosaurs in Florida, so that's the news <laughs> to me. All right. Your last one, a Punta Gorda man called 911 multiple times asking deputies to deliver him ice cream and liquor. Yeah, I, I remember. I think this one, I've, I've heard this one before. It is Florida. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if it was uh, any of the uh, Glava liquor, because that would have been good on ice cream, I think. You know, so, yeah, absolutely. Whiskey, whiskey and vanilla ice cream does go really well together. It does. Absolutely. So, that, as usual, sailed right through that one with no problem at all. So, but uh, already got stuff ready for next week. I mean, I've been collecting. I mean, it's been coming at me from both sides. I mean, as, with the new year coming, we're going to have a great collection of stupidity for next week to keep us going for another, at least another week. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a good thing is that like I, I, where you've got inflation happening with currencies, millennials that have no idea what anything means. Right. Um, is, stupidity is basically the one thing that that is on the rise. I think uh, we'll we'll never run out of. If anything, it, we're drowning in it um, more and more. You know, we're drowning in stupidity. Yeah. As, as inflation rises, so does the stupidity. Yeah, it's like an inverse uh, inflation stupidity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey! Help spread the stupidity. Share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And give it a five-star rating because, hey, this is five-star stupidity. Rating and reviewing also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are searching for stupidity. You can eliminate the buffering also when you stream the podcast on the poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode to your podcast player. Podcast Attic is the app I use, and I recommend that for optimum performance. It's free. They have two types of paid versions, too. And in addition to this episode, there's always the midweek bonus episode featuring the Insane Week in Review and the Genius Awards for the stupendous stupidity. And, of course, uh, there are other surprises as well. Of course, besides that, in the weekend episode, you get the uh, Insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero from Florida where you can ask him any questions and pick his brain with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. And you can also play along with Pancho and see how well you do in our insane game show every week on the weekend episodes. Every week after both episodes are published, I'll post all the articles that were used on both of the weekend episodes and the midweek bonus episodes. And they'll have them up on the Telegram Messenger channel. When you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World, you can comment about them and share them with your friends. You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. You can preview that channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger for your smartphone at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. 
It's absolutely free. Available for desktop or mobile versions, and it's available for platforms that support Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Just look for at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or X, or just visit me at InsaneEricLane.com. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from EnvisionWise, LLC, and AmeriCountry.com, from Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy at the United Stations Radio Network, SheetHappens.com, Good Parts Media, and Mr. Laughs. Theme music from Randy Stonehill, It's a Great Big Stupid World, copyright 1992 Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available anywhere you purchase music. Thanks for making it to the end of Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Please be sure to seek therapy to ensure you still have your wits with you. And if this has inspired you to try your hand at making a podcast, you can do it absolutely free with Spotify for Podcasters. The editing and music library are at your fingertips with Spotify for Podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store.